Before we start the show this week, I want to thank our sponsors at SeatGeek. Anthony and I love this app. Behind MLB at Bat, it's probably the most used app on my phone. I, I go to 50 plus ball games every summer and almost every ticket I buy is through the SeatGeek app. I've been using it long before they started sponsoring us. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a ticket aggregator for the secondary market. It ranks via a color-coded system which seats have the best value across multiple ticket brokers. You can get views from the seats and you can compare prices. So like if someone is selling their ticket for 100 bucks in row five, you can see if someone from a different site is selling their seat for, I don't know, 90 bucks in row four. Even if I'm not going to a game, honestly, I'll sometimes just pop open the app and check it out just so I can see what ticket prices are going for across the country. Just trust me on this one. Download the app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Use the code clubhouse and receive a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. Our show is always going to be free for you guys. We really would just appreciate it if you could support our sponsors a little bit. And it's just going to make your lives easier. On to the show. This week in the clubhouse, Anthony and I discuss our trip to Wrigley Field in the summer of 2016. It was on this day that Mr. Rapp was able to throw out the first pitch and sing the national anthem in front of his beloved hometown Cubbies. Welcome to the show, everyone. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Chain, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Today is a very, very exciting show because we are going to recount what uh, I'm going to say was one of the top uh, baseball moments of my life, but I can only imagine what it was like for the gentleman sitting next to me. And, and this was the day that, that Mr. Anthony Rapp was able to regale his beloved hometown Cubbies with his rendition of the National Anthem and also kick off what ended up being a pretty spectacular baseball game with the ceremonial first pitch. So, Mr. Rapp, let's just let's start at, at the beginning. How did this come to be? Well, when I was doing If Then in Chicago in, I think it was February or March, um, I, the, the local press rep, we were, I was doing a lot of press in Chicago cause I'm from there. And so, you know, there were a, a million requests and I was running around with her for hours on end. Uh, she happens to have a pretty good relationship with the Cubs organization in terms of booking folks in for the Anthem and or the seventh inning stretch. So even though it was that long ago, I said, do you think there's any chance that I could maybe get a, get an opportunity to come back during the season to, to sing? And she said, well, I'll look into it. And so even so all those months back, they got back to her pretty quickly and said, August 29th <laughs> was available for the anthem. I mean, these things, I guess, book up so far in advance. Um, so I was really thrilled at that opportunity. And then somewhere in there, I can't remember exactly how and when in one of the correspondences, <laughs> she said, oh, and by the way, you're also going to get a jersey yeah. with your name on it. So what number would you like? And uh, somewhere in there was also they would like you to throw out a first pitch. And I'd, I'd thrown out a first pitch once before, strangely enough, at Bush Stadium, the home of the St. Louis Cardinals, when yes. I was there on was tour. Old Bush or New Bush? New Bush. Okay. Um, so I'd had that experience. It's a very strange experience. Um, well, we're going to get to that. Yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to get yeah. all that. But, but So um, I'd had that experience, and I'd sung the anthem before at Dodger Stadium, twice at Fenway, uh, and at uh, Tropicana Field. So I had that experience. So I felt confident about all of those things to a certain degree. Um but I mean, it was really, really, really exciting to get the chance to do it at Wrigley. And then also to know I was going to get a jersey was pretty crazy. So, um, well, the first thing you kind of uh, blew back past there was the most interesting thing to me is that there are two separate committees, it seems like, for the national anthem and the stretch, which was interesting to me. Because I was under the assumption, I was hoping when you told me, hey, I'm going to do the anthem at Wrigley, I was like, oh, great. I assumed you'd be able to do the stretch as well. But you said, no, that's that's two separate organization which is so strange to me yeah i believe that it's like literally a dedicated 
office in and of itself. That's just for the stretch. Because it also involves the stretch. See, the thing about the stretch is that it's the, the, the person who sings the stretch there also sits in with the radio guys and the TV guys in, in a half for a half inning each. Right. So it's there's all sorts of coordinations around that. There's there's probably vetting that has to happen from those. I mean, I don't know who vets it, but there's just, you know, a list. And a lot of them are like local sports figures and, you know, movie stars who are promoting a movie opening. Right, right, or, right. or, you know, sometimes like the Hamilton cast of Chicago got to do it, which made my blood boil because, you know, <laughs> they don't love the Cubs. I know them that they don't love the Cubs, you know, and I love the Cubs. Wait, wait, wait who's Miggy's team? Who's Miguel's team? Uh, Miguel Cervantes, I love Miguel Cervantes. He loves the Rangers. You know, I mean, he, at least I know he loves baseball. Right. You know, but some of the other folk on that yeah, cast I don't yeah, think may, that, may yeah. not be particularly baseball. It's all right. Well, well, that, there's always 2017. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that I'm going to continue to try to make happen. You know, so, but, but I was still, I don't mean to downplay oh, the opportunity. No, 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 to, no. This is, it's just, it's, that's as just a, a, a common baseball fan. Once again, when you, when you think about, doing something so spectacular like that, I just always associated one with the other when it came to Wrigley. Because, I mean, Wrigley's the only place that does have a dedicated seventh-inning stretch person like that, which I've always found really, really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's all because of Harry Carey. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's the way to honor his impact on the community and and the tradition that he started, you know. um, Well, I mean, when I, um, at the end of the season, I got a chance to go to Vin's last... uh, three games at Dodger Stadium and it was it was funny because and and the, they got me the first night but they did it every single night so it was fun to see the entire crowd get kind of uh, um, punked by this where the announcer said ladies and gentlemen you know as a nice surprise Vin Scully is going to lead us all in the seventh inning stretch and we were like oh, yeah but it was like a recording yeah but it was it was really really cool to hear him at least sing it but it was uh, you know a recording he wasn't doing it live but um all right so let's now take us to the day let's take us to it was a monday yeah um they the cubs were playing the pittsburgh pirates where i remember when you first booked this both of us were like oh it's a late august pirates cubs game that's going to be fantastic because i'm and there's surely going to be some sort of playoff implications Unfortunately, the Pirates didn't really hold up uh, their end of the bargain this year. But uh, still, it's always nice to have a division game, uh, uh, you know. And, and, sure, and, a rival yeah. and I like the such. Pirates. I mean, and you're I, a Pirates yeah. fan as well. Yeah. So, all right, so so Monday comes, and, and we both fly in separately. And, and uh, that afternoon, let's just kind of take us through that day. You're, you're the, trying. That, you're trying to pump up the the crowd to know that you're helping me throw the ball around. I'm That's not it. pumping up the crowd. Well, all right, here we'll go a week earlier than that. Fine. If we're gonna pump up, I was I was skipping my involvement in this, but fine. A week earlier than that, um, I actually believe it may be on the Tracy Tom's episode where we kind of subtly talk about uh, you and I having something cool coming up and needing to find a place to play catch with one another. Uh, we did go to Battery City Park here in, in Manhattan and, and Battery talk. Park, Battery Park. What'd I say? You said Battery City Park. Battery or? Park City. I'm very tired It's right all right. Now. Yeah, it's all right. It's Battery all right. Park City. You're, you're confusing people. Ge- ge- geography, geography. Battery Park uh, in yeah, what? New York City. Yeah. In, in the <laughs> southernmost tip of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we we played some catch and uh, long toss and all that stuff. Because one of the things about when I had thrown the pitch out at at, in, uh, um, at Bush Stadium was there's no chance on that day in the park to throw. There's no place to do it. Right. So it's very strange to you know not even have a, a, any kind of inkling of like how far you're throwing. It is really know. it's 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 amazing to me. I mean, we've all you know you'll watch episodes of the West Wing and you'll see President Bartlett throwing, you know, warm-up tosses in the West Wing or, or in the bowels of Camden Yards before he goes out and their famous scene in that in that show. And that's when I was a kid, I always assumed that's what it would be, that when you were going to throw out the first pitch, they would bring you under the tunnel and yeah, let you maybe, kind of warm up maybe a little for bit. The, maybe for the president they would, though, honestly. Maybe they'd give extra special treatment. You know, Fair it's enough. very possible. But, but regardless... Like, yeah, like uh, years ago, I um, Hank Azaria is an acquaintance of mine and he was a huge Mets fan and very excitedly shared a video of when he got to throw out the first pitch and he did get the chance to throw to to do warm up tosses in the in the tunnel before going out on the field. 
So that's that. I had seen that before the Bush Stadium throw. Well, I know that that when young pitch, Ty rather. Simpkins uh, threw out the first pitch. Actually, I, you guys may not know this, but um, this summer, uh, Ty Simpkins, former guest of the show, and I did uh, a several stadium stadium tour, and on his birthday, um, he threw out the first pitch at U.S. Cellular Field, right across the uh, the city from from uh, Wrigley, and he and I warmed up his arm in the parking lot before the game, mm-hmm. but. That is not something that really you have access to at Wrigley. No. There's not really a no place. an open space in Wrigleyville, Wrigleyville to 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 do that. Yeah, um, so we we went to a, you know Lakeshore Drive House, all these the sort of green. Well, before space, we get whatever. to that though, so when we when we did it here in Battery Park, you had an old glove that really wasn't up to snuff anymore. And yeah. so when we got to Chicago, the first thing we did was we went to go buy you a Yeah, but club. we had to find a sporting goods store. There's very few sporting goods places in the city proper. Unbelievable. So we were like a little we, wild goose chase. We were walking aimlessly and taking cabs aimlessly and... and well, no, we had aims. Well, yes, to the to these specific places that were like out of business that were still on Google Maps, but yes. no longer in business. Yes. But we finally found a, a spot and you, try, you tried we out got a several good club. gloves. Yeah, got, and, a, got, a good, got a good glove. And then we, we went to the green space and did some nice long tosses. So so that was really that was really um, in, you know invigorating to do that and and made me you know feel a little bit better. I mean, I, you know, I was excited about the first pitch. I was l- way more excited about singing the anthem. Well, yeah, of course, so, I mean, that's what you do. But I mean, yeah. it's it's just the whole day in and of itself. I mean, it's, it's so. First of all, the weather that day was unlike uh, or was very similar to what it's like out today here in Manhattan as we record this. It was very gray and gloomy. It was and a little drizzle. It was it was drizzling. Like we had to go. We we decided to get lunch for a minute just because like well we can't warm up right now because it's it's raining outside. And so I mean, how were you feeling then? As far as was there any anxiety in you of oh what happens if there's a rain delay or a rain? No, out I didn't think there was gonna be a rain delay because you're you have your special extra radar map thing on your phone. <laughs> so I didn't No, I wasn't too worried about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, I was, I was prepped and I was also really happy. My sister and her husband and a couple of their kids came and that got the, you know, the, the Cubs organization, the people who I was, you know, talking to about and making the plans were so great and generous and helping to arrange tickets and, and make sure that everything was you know worked out for all of us and that that was really really nice they they were super accommodating well yeah friendly. i mean when we got there so my family uh my mom my dad my sister and my brother-in-law they all as soon as they found out that you were doing this immediately they all said we want to go to support Anthony, like my parents drove up from Kalamazoo. My sister and her husband took work off, like to make sure that they could come and, and see and watch. And so they all met us, uh, kind of in the what are the VIP? What was it called? The, yeah, like the little yeah the area where you know I, I don't even know what's called the yeah the VIP. I think I it was called some I don't know. It was like a glass special room. Yeah, it was thing. some room, and you have to go through security to get through all that and whatnot. And and they all very the, the cubs were fantastic at cuz we really we had four tickets we had four for 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 the four of us to go and and be on the field your family and my family they had tickets in the, in stands, the stands yeah but they didn't really have anything extra but yeah, they let us. They let everybody sort of be close to the field for the anthem and for the first pitch, and then everybody else had to. They all had to go back to their seats. So that right, cool. but it was very, very yeah. sweet of them to say, yeah. "You guys can sit kind of here behind yeah. home plate during yeah. this part of it," yeah. which you know were clearly somebody else's seats, but you know they kind of yeah. very, very accommodating and very, very nice. Yeah. So then you know uh, went out onto the field, and there's there were there were actually weren't that many pregame ceremony kinds of things. Um, there was like one other first pitch by a. It's really great older guy who like threw a you know bullet kind of thing <laughs> he really did and I, I he was like 92 maybe i mean he like, was he was he was, old. Yeah. he was he was an old timer and then i went out and i stood on the you know they introduced me and i went out and i was like okay here we go and uh i threw my first pitch and it bounced right in front of home plate yep and uh justin Grimm, who's a bullpen pitcher it was um, down the middle but it was it, yeah, it was, was down it was it was actually really center it was center cut which made me happy because when I threw it at Bush Stadium, it bounced in the right-handed batter's box. The interest, the funny thing. So, so that, so that happened. I was like, okay, that happened. Apparently, I couldn't really hear, but apparently, there were some people who got ornery about it in the stands. It right? happened. Yeah, yeah, we. I heard a couple of uh, of the boo birds, but those are are you know, it's. I love those boo birds. I love the folks, the 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 three hundred pounders that are sitting in the stands with their nachos and their beer. You know what? That's it's not fair. Right. I don't. I shouldn't say yeah, that. But fine. no, no. I'm going to say yeah. this on my behalf because this has happened now a couple of times to friends of mine who've thrown out first pitches. 
it is standing on the mound or in front of the mound or on the field of a major league baseball stadium, and especially one that means so much to you. There's a lot of stuff happening. And even though we did do some long toss at that point, it's hours, two before. hours, yeah, yeah. two hours before. I mean, yeah. it, there's not really, it's not, you're kind of discombobulated. Like it's not, you're not used to it. And so for all these jamokes out there to, to be, be judging and, and, and doing all that nonsense, it's, it makes me laugh because not one of them would have been able to get that ball over the plate. Well, and, you know, but I, I, what I was most happy with, honestly, was that it was center cut because in, in the practice, my, the one, if I was making mistakes, it was that yeah. I would pull the ball like to the left. Like it would, you know, yeah. be a wild throw to the left. Like I'd, I'd hook it too much. No, like I said, so uh, I was did happy. not have to move at all to, yeah. to, you know, it's just, it's, and once again, you know, a pitch in the dirt, it's the no yeah. two count. But then what I was going to say, so two things, <laughs> one, that Justin Grimm <laughs> came up to me and said, don't let them get to you. And I was like, it's all right, cool. You know? And so I had a nice little moment. He signed the ball and that was cool. I looked over at the video. No, this is later, I guess, in the game. There was some point where I looked at some point in the during the course of the evening. I saw some, you know, some footage of Jake Arietta, who was pitching that night. Uh -huh. um, and they had like, you know, some of his highlights. And one of the highlights was a swing and miss strikeout on a ball that bounced in front of the plate. <laughs> Well, but those are the best O2 pitches. Yeah. Every time it's an O2, you threw an O2 pitch. It was a little bit wet out there. And so you threw an O2 pitch trying to get the guy to swing at one in the dirt. I that's my pitch. I love every time. I'm so annoying to all my friends at a ballpark because anytime it's an O2 pitch, I'm I'm just constantly screaming in the dirt, in the dirt. Never yeah. give him anything but in the dirt on an yeah. O2 pitch. Yeah. Make him golf swing that thing, Vladimir Guerrero style. Yeah. So um, that so those are the two things about I, that. So that was so you know, and I honestly didn't feel embarrassed. It was it was, there was nothing to be embarrassed good. about. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, it was a great. It was a and I'm not just saying you know all of you know I would be the first to jump all over him and mock him incessantly if he did not do a good job. I would it would bring me glee to 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 do that. But but and, and he did a great job, and it was uh we'll put the the footage of of the. Uh, first pitch on clubhousepodcast.com and so that you can all take a look at it. Uh, but so, okay now. And then uh, like r directly follow yep, was it. There was no, no, there was no like, no, I felt like there was one thing that one other thing that happened and then they set the microphone for me. I'm pretty sure it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty quick. I mean, it was, it was within a couple of, I mean, if yeah. maybe there was like, no, I think it honestly was. And now ladies and gentlemen, Anthony rap, like maybe there was like an announcement yeah, or whatever, something. but like it was pretty much first pitch national anthem. Yeah. Done. And so I'm standing on the grass with the microphone, like as I had done at Fenway, not that long before, like a, 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 a month and a half, yeah. month and a half before. Um, and uh, they didn't. One one cool thing about Wrigley is that there's no delay, whereas at Fenway there was a, like pretty much a full second delay, which sort of is a kind of a strange. So, I mean, I, thing, way I, to I guess just from a I don't uh, I don't understand why that is. Why why do you why just some way it, that the that the speakers are tuned? So it's the speakers. It's not the building. It's the speakers. I think so. It must be some way that they're some way that they're. Uh, there, I don't know how that works. There's some tech. There's certainly a science to it. And you don't have a monitor at this no, point. No, yeah. There's no so monitor. It's there's just yeah. you. Yeah. So it's I just I started singing. I had, and I had set a key for myself, so I made sure that I had the right key to sing the song. Mm -hmm. And I started singing the song, and it went. You know, it went pretty well. There was one like, uh, I don't really can't remember exactly one note that was just a little funky. Um, I haven't listened back to it. So I don't know. But I felt, but it was like, I felt very present and very in the moment and singing the song. And, and I, and I very, very, very excited and honored to be there. And, uh, before, before I had started singing too, the, you know, Joe Madden, the manager and the Cubs had all lined up along the third baseline where the, you know, the Cubs, the home dugout at Wrigley is on the third baseline. So I was kind of facing them and he kind of like gave me a little, I don't know, he sort of, I, it wasn't exactly a wave, but he sort of acknowledged my presence there as I was about to sing the anthem. Um, and that was cool. And then, so I finished and there was a really, really, really nice response from the crowd, unlike the pitch, but there was like a really, really strong, <laughs> you know, I would say a, oh, no, a people, nice cheer. 100%, yeah. uh, they, there was a lot of, you had a lot of Anthony Rapp fans in the, in the, in the crowd that night uh, for, for the Well, whether singing. they were fans or not, they were just, it was a nice, warm reception. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, when I say Anthony Rapp fans, I mean fans of your singing, of, yeah. of, of how you were doing in that particular moment. So that was cool. And then as I like stepped away from the microphone, Joe Madden approached me and stuck <laughs> out his hand. And that was very, very exciting. Well, I'll tell you, from from my perspective, um, I was standing, uh, much like at Fenway, I was standing behind home plate and just kind of watching all this happen. And 
so before the game, and I'm going to throw you under the bus here a little bit because I thought it was it was uh, very very adorable. You were there was a part of you that was like, I really, I know it's not going to happen. I know it never happens. I know this. It, it, I really want to meet Joe. It would be really fun if I could just say hi to Joe and just kind of tell him what he means to me. And like you, like you were resigned to it just not being a thing, but I could tell that you really wanted it to happen. And uh, as I was standing there, uh, I was videotaping the whole thing and I was focused on Joe Madden. He was definitely, you know, I mean, look, these guys here at the Anthem 162 times a year. Like this is, this is just gotta be white noise to them at this point. But he was standing there with his hat over his heart and, and I'm the millisecond that uh, land of the free home of the brave stops. And then the cry, crowd goes nuts. He makes a beeline towards you. And uh, I've never seen that before in my life. I've seen a lot of national anthems. I've I've seen a lot of celebrities do do anthems and whatnot. And I've never seen a coach, a manager, a player, an umpire, anybody on the field make such a concerted effort to make sure that they go over and, and speak to you. So that was, I started freaking out. Ken and Danielle and I were like giggling like to each other. Like it was just the funniest thing in the world. I don't know if you're going to be comfortable with this. If, you, if you're not, go ahead. But but uh, and, and and you don't have to say anything. But would you like to share the conversation that you and Joe had? Because you spoke for maybe a good minute, you know, minute and a half. Like there was a good conversation there. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at Clubhouse Pod. Visit our website clubhousepodcast.com for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives like our chat with the hysterically funny comedian, Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy is the host of the Never Not Funny podcast and one of my comedy idols. In this clip, Jimmy discusses being in attendance to witness his beloved Chicago White Sox defeat the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to win the 2005 World Series. It's so funny, we all converged behind the first base dugout up on the concourse. It was like, we all sort of like, we gotta get down there. Because we had club seats, mm. and so which were great seats to watch the game. It's like well, we can't celebrate up here by ourselves. We got to yeah. get down there. And it seemed like everybody had the same idea. So we all kind of were like behind the first base dugout up on the concourse. And then as soon as they won, we all ran down, yeah. you know, trying not to get punched by Angels sure. fans. Sure. And, uh, you know, the team was all coming out and, you know, running around and shaking up the champagne and all that. And it was, um, to me, it was a great day because I live here. Like, what are the odds that I live yeah. in the city where I get to watch my team clinch yeah, to go to the World Series? Like, I didn't have really to go sad. anywhere. I just, it had happened in my backyard. Yeah. You spoke for maybe a good minute, you know, minute and a half. Like there was a good conversation there. I mean, just like uh, he, he asked me, so you're, you're from Joliet? And I said, yeah, um, <laughs> something, you know, or whatever. And he said, well, he's, he, yeah. mentioned, he mentioned a player that he played with years ago, a pitcher who had been from Joliet. And then, and then I, you know, it was, the the thing that I remember more than the content of the conversation, because I also did say something like, "Thank you so much. This is a really exciting season. It's really great. You know, I, I'm I'm you know this means a lot to me or whatever." However, I said that. What I took from the interaction more than the content was how present he was and how warm and open he was, and uh, that's what I thought he would be like. And it's always sure. you know having met a lot of famous people over the years. Um, sometimes they're sort of what you hope they are and sometimes they're not and it is what it is. Right. In in this case, it was it was exactly how I thought it would be and or hoped it would be based on all the interviews that I've seen him do and, you know, his press conferences, all that stuff. And sure. There, it, and it was, that was just gratifying. I mean, I feel like he is, I've always felt this about him. I've always been drawn to him as a follower of baseball when he was with the Tampa Bay Rays. I've always been interested. So um, it was just really sort of gratifying to see that that was real and authentic. He's authentic. He's present and authentic and open. And these are the things, these are the things that I aspire to be when I meet people. Right. Um, and this is something that he very much was. So uh, 
it was just, you know, he's, I think he said something complimentary too, but I don't remember really the, you know, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> I, I, it, there's a video of it. I'll, I'll put it up on clubhousepodcast.com, but, the, but I, I was able to sneak a video of the interaction and, and it was, I mean, once again, you've gotten to do a lot of cool things in your life and, and you and I have gotten to do a lot of cool things together in our lives. And I'm not, I mean, it, for me, it was when I got to go backstage and meet Lynn after seeing Hamilton for the first time, like it just, it melted my brain. And I was just, I was, I don't remember really what we said. Like it was just it was this great moment and he was exactly who I wanted him to be. And I saw that in you in yeah. that moment where you were, you were present, but you were also out of body. Like, you know, you, it was, I got to see you fan out. Like I got to see you really kind of geek out over something, which is, is really was, was awesome for me to see. And I, I could not have been more relieved that he was exactly who you wanted him to be because yeah. I've met many famous people as well. And man, when you meet the ones that you look up to and they're just not who you want them to be, it is crushing. Yeah. It is so disappointing. Um, but wow, that's, that's yeah, that was, that was, a, that, that was so special. Um, and it, it's, like I said, it's more the, the feeling that I've taken away from the interaction, even more than the content of what was, of course, no, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, as I was, as we were walking off the field and getting to our seats, you know, a lot of people stopped me and said really nice things, which is always really gratifying. It was really, and this was uh, as, so obviously we stayed. So unlike the last time you did this at Fenway Park, where you, uh, had to, jettison off and, and go uh, do an if-then performance. This time you were able to actually sit and enjoy the, the game, which we'll get to in a moment. Hmm. Um, but it, what, but really, yeah, what made me laugh so hard is that it was, I'm not sure if, I mean, I don't think they announced you doing this beforehand. So this was just pure coincidence. But I mean, it just felt like the Anthony Rapp, like family reunion, like friend reunion at Wrigley where so many people were coming up to you and, hey, I was a producer on this or, hey, you sang at my wedding or, hey, you yeah. did this. And I was like, who are these people? How are all of these people here? Like you are just, you are Chicago in that sense yeah. where, where that was really fun for me to kind of watch. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it was this epic this game. game. Was oh my God. Was 13, I had a 13, 7 a.m. 13, 13 a.m.? Yeah, I had a 7 a.m. flight the next day. And this game, <laughs> it, uh, it would not end. But it was awesome. It, it was, was amazing. Game. Javi Baez got thrown out at the plate twice, twice, twice. for the winning run. Uh, it went five plus hours. Uh, this this lovely. Game. And we were there the whole time. We we stayed till the absolute last second. Me, you, Ken, Danielle, and I. We all just sat there. Oh, it was it was it was a game. Um, but but that's the only way that game walk could have happened. Win, walk it was a walk off win. That's the only way that game could have happened, though. The Anthony Rapp 2016 Cubs game, only because days earlier we were sitting on this exact couch talking to Tracy Toms, and on that episode, I was editing that episode that week, and I was laughing to myself because. In that episode, episode you were talking about how you just you've never really been to like a really long game. Like you've been to extra inning games, but you really wanted to go to like a really five hour long game. It's like, well, yep. here you go, Mister Rap. You yep. got it. Yep. This is the one. And it was very emblematic of the Cubs season in so many ways too. In the sense, well, not in every way, but in the sense, in the sense of the the never quit situation, the 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 battle, the come coming from behind in late innings, the these things that had not been a hallmark of the Cubs in years past that have suddenly this year just started to kind of take hold. So I want to ask you this. So uh, in a very early episode of the Clubhouse podcast, we had uh, Pulitzer Prize winner Tom Kitt on on the show and he is a yankee fan and one of the conversations that we all got into in that episode was you asking him from the cubs fans perspective to a yankee fan perspective what it's like to never feel like you're out of it where you're like you know every time i see a yankee game you just you guys you could be down six to nothing but you just you know there's just something there where you feel like you've got this confidence so now i ask you with the 2016 regular season in the books, and we are right in the, the heat of the, of, the, of the playoffs here, and, and so we'll see what happens with, with the Cubs moving forward. But at least for the regular season, 
what was it like for you this year? Because you were, even when they were going through some losing stretches, like you were a little bit like perturbed, but in any of our conversations throughout the season, you never were worried. Yeah. Never were worried. In the long, yeah, in the long That's game. exactly, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and so what was that, as a, as a Cubs fan, this has got to be a new feeling for you. It is a new feeling, yeah. But it's, it's a, I mean, it's a wonderful feeling. Um, I, I don't know if that's obvious or not, but uh, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's, and it's a result of incredible talent that the the current team has and Joe Madden. It's Joe Madden. I mean, I really believe this so fundamentally that he has altered like has already begun and it's really really taking root, altered the the chemistry, the the paradigm, the background, the backdrop from which all of these players think about whether they can win or lose at any particular game. You know, and it's something that we didn't get into with, with Ben Lindbergh um, and, and just because we didn't have enough time, but the role of a manager independent of actual day-to-day lineup management, bullpen management, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I felt that when Leland took over in 2006 where you could see a fundamental shift. Like the Tigers of the last 10 years have become this, this quote-unquote powerhouse team you know, without a ring but still won a couple of pennants and, and are always kind of perennially at the, the top of, of, of their division. And the young Tigers fans don't remember. I mean, we were the losers of losers. Like nobody wanted to come to Detroit in free agency. Yeah. No, I mean, the Tigers were just hot garbage for decades. And and in one summer, Jim Leland just took that 20 years of, of futility and immediately changed the attitude in that clubhouse, in that city, in the in this sport where the Tigers were no longer looked at as these terrible whatever, and, and it became a, a fun place to want to come, a la, let's just say, Jason Hayward picking yeah. to the Cubs over the Cardinals, yeah. where I feel like Madden has now where, look, I, he can't say this, Anthony can't say this, but I will, and I said this, you know, when, when, uh, at his birthday a couple years ago, because I think we were together on your birthday like a week before they signed Madden, but like the rumors were, were out there that Madden was going to be there. And I said, I mean, that's it. There, there is your World Series. You just won your World Series right there. It's not even a question in my mind it's going to happen. But let's just say, knock on wood, God forbid, let's say they don't win the World Series, right? It doesn't matter because the Joe Madden has so fundamentally changed the culture of yeah. that clubhouse yeah. and that city where where the fans can talk about goats and curses all they want. I'm f- 100% certain that not one person in that clubhouse gives a damn about a curse or a losing attitude. It's yeah. just he, it, he will not allow it in there. It's and it's it's it go, it's like this is a deeper conversation than baseball. But this is one of the reasons I love baseball because it's it's like so many things that are worth, you know, so many crafts, so many things that you dedicate yourself to. It, they're life is holographic. So, what you can, the lessons you can learn in pursuing excellence in baseball can absolutely apply to any aspect of life. So that there are, he literally started sharing. It's like a philosophical approach. Sure. Which. Of course, if people buy into these ideas, they yes. are going to alter the way you think about something, and the way you think about something is going to alter your performance potentially. Especially I if couldn't you have agree more. So, I mean, it's even it's and they're very, they're very you know sort of catchphrasey things, but they also have like many pieces of wisdom in in their sort of catchphrasing nature have <laughs> really profound things to say. You know, this thing: do simple better. Yeah. And he, and he said the other night um, after a game in his press conference, he's like, I like to keep things simple. And I, the simple thing is this, this idea that the, the players themselves say all the time, we never quit. That is a simple idea. Yep. And they really do mean it. Yep. <laughs> and, they, and they really do play for 27 outs. Yep. Period. And if it's a mindset thing, and of course, sometimes it's going to work out and sometimes it's not, but it will, how could it not fundamentally alter how you approach every moment Absolutely. in the moment, in this moment, something can happen in this moment, something can happen. You know, um, there, there's something like, uh, uh, don't let the, don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. Oh, I like that. You know, I mean, again, if you take this in your life, that can alter your experience of well, I mean, daily I living. One of I the mean, reasons, like, one of the reasons why he is the rookie whisperer as, as I've called him is I think that, so a lot of the things that you're saying right now, 
for a 35-year-old veteran, they may not have time for that. They might say, Joe, come on. We've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah, but years. they might be cynical and they might need to buy in. This is exactly what I'm trying to say. It's the difference between cynicism and, and you know, it, it, it's for the most part, you're going to see more or less cynicism in, in sure. the younger kids sure. because they haven't been. I mean, look, I see it in the press box where, where it always, it, one of the things that broke my heart when I was, I mean, I was 21, you know, when I was, you know, uh, hanging out in press boxes and whatnot. And, and I was around a bunch of 40, 50, 60, 70 year old men and just the cynicism and the jaded. Like I was a super cynical guy too, but like I could see my future if I continued down the cynical path of, you know, uh, uh, just being jaded and being over everything. And, and recently in the last couple of years, I've decided to kind of open myself up a little bit more and be more open to fine. If they are catchphrasey things, all right, let me, let me just hear it, process it, see, if I vibe with it, if I do great, if I don't great, I'm not going to immediately dismiss it. But uh, what, say it one more time: the the don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. That I love. Don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure is fantastic. Like it's once again, I'm a 33 year old man, so it's like at this point in your life, you shouldn't be having to learn these these no, life wisdoms. It's, it's, but yeah, 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 I know I, I, I I'm saying yeah not yeah, me, yeah but yeah, for, sure, for sure, the sure. listener out there who may think that way yeah you may think that way but but I mean Joe Madden is it is maybe some weird hippy dippy you know. Weird energy. But I don't even think it's hippy dippy with him. No, I think it's, it's more just It's it's recognizing that language shapes reality. Period. That is the best way to put it on the I oh I love what you that yes. And absolutely. that's that's why it's applicable to any aspect of life. And yes. uh you know, you can tr- track it really well in terms of a baseball season, obviously, because it's you can look at res- actually concrete results. Sure. But it's the kind of thing like these ideas, this kind of language of, of shaping your approach to something and then whatever you do. So that, these are the among the things too. Like I, I read interviews with him or I watch press conferences and I feel like I'm learning, I'm like absorbing <laughs> ideals of, wise, wise no, yeah, of ideals just, of how yeah. to approach life. Like, so, and I don't mean to like put it, I'm, I, I know that I speak in a, in a very complimentary way of him. And I do admire him and respect him, but I do. I don't mean like he's up on some pedestal. I just mean like he's he. There are aspirational aspects of how he seems to be going about his business. Well, the bottom line is there's there's a reason why he's had so much success where he's gone, and and you know it's another one of those guys that that I really. I mean, to be fair, I don't know too many people that have worked with him, but but for the few people that I do know that that have worked with him and have known him, I mean they. They all seem to think he's a very genuine, down to earth guy, and, and you know you don't really hear. There's not a lot of scandals attached to him at all. Yeah. He's just this old wine drinking, you know, <laughs> grandpa type yeah. of guy, you know. And and, and, it's, and it's even the thing of like after after a victory, celebrate hard. After sure. defeat, feel bad about it for you know thirty minutes or whatever, and then move on and come to the next day, and each day and be in the present, and in this present moment. You know, I, there's there's one that I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but about process. You know, trusting the process, and it's it's there's some other way that he phrased it, but the sure. idea, you know, if you, if you devote yourself to a process, if if whatever the process is, if you do that fully, you trust it that it will have a good outcome in the end. If you've dedicated yourself to a process that works, that that has that bears fruit, you know. All of these kinds of things. Embrace the target for the because the, the it was sort of a double meaning because <laughs> sure. it's the, the target on the Cubs' backs because they're being picked by everyone to win the World Series. Of course. So embrace that. Don't run away from it. Don't like pretend like that's not happening. But also embrace the target that they're shooting for winning the World Series. Right. Embrace both things. Uh, you know. So don't. It's about like yeah, always being present to what's in front of you. Well, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> this kind of turned into the Joe Madden episode, but I mean, but, this it, is, but it's, but, but it's, this, but it's like life stuff. To right. Me. But, but I just want to let the listener know that, that, so now listen to how, I mean, he's, he's, uh, glowing right now talking about it. I mean Anthony's had a couple of uh, 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 he's been very very busy these last couple of days and, and he's been very very tired and stressed out doing a lot of things in the last five ten minutes here I've seen his energy rise and I've seen like it's just just talking about this man makes him more excited so I mean so so just put you guys put your yourself in his shoes for for going back to the first pitch when when Joe did come and talk to him and and just here's my question this might be a hard question to answer but in the pantheon of cool things that have happened to you in your life, back in rent, performing for presidents and doing whatever, movies, TV shows, all this nonsense, where does this rank? Oh, it's really high. Very, 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 very high. 
<laughs> I mean, I got to meet um, then Senator Obama twice and have, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. Sure. That was way up there. Sure. Um, uh, I got to meet Tori Amos in a, in a very, you know, uh, intimate setting where we could actually talk and she, right after she'd seen a performance of Rent. Oh, wow. And she was really moved by it. And she, had, she was somebody who had really moved me. So to have that sure. experience of, you know, giving back to somebody who'd given to me. Absolutely. You know, that was really meaningful. These, in terms of these kinds of experiences, it's a, you know, it's a, you know, I've certainly met other famous people that sort of like, oh, cool that I met them. Right. Um, but, that's what I mean. Like, this isn't about the, meeting a famous the, person. This yeah, is about making yeah. an actual human yeah. connection with yeah. something. On a, yeah. On a, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, uh, meeting president Clinton, um, like the, the, they're all, you know, it's, I don't tend to rank things like number one, number two, number three, number four. You know, right. I think of things as sort of like groups, the, these it's way up there with all of those. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was cool to see, and it, it was cool to be a part of, and and I think this is the beginning. Hopefully, we'll get you to do the uh, the stretch here. Yeah, that's soon. the goal. That's the and, goal. Because uh, one of the cool, I mean, I'm genuinely looking forward to it for many reasons. Of course, it'd be cool to do it, but I love Pat Hughes, the radio play-by-play -play guy. <laughs> yes, you too. Um, I think he's fantastic, and to get the chance to sit in with him and Ron Coomer in in a half inning and get to talk about all this stuff. Cause you know, a lot of their guests don't know that much about baseball necessarily, right? you know, or don't care about the Cubs necessarily. So to be able to have a, a conversation, we can really engage about it. I, I'm really looking forward to it, to that. Sure. And, you know, um, I like the TV guys, but I'm not as huge a fan of them as I am of, of Pat and Ron, especially Pat. So, you know, that's part of what I, I look forward to too, is to have that you know, you and I have joked about it too in, in times like when, when we're watching broadcasts, like there's so many things I'll, I'll tell Ken, I'll turn to Ken and say like such and such a little factoid about such and such a player. And then two seconds later, the, the, right. the people on TV are saying the same thing. Yeah, happens you both know? So yeah. I'm like, I could do, I don't want to do that for a living. <laughs> but it's like, I, you know, I have some wherewithal. Of course. To, no, no, to, you would be fantastic. I think you so. would be, you would be fun in, in the booth. Maybe one day that's years from now, we'll, we'll be guest broadcasters for a game sometime and then everyone will hate us. Especially because you can hear them. Like, like I listen to broadcasts and I hear, you hear the guests, like they're like Pat and Ron are like working really hard uh -huh. to think of something to say. No, you will. You'll you do know, it next year. I won't have fun. any trouble with that. So. And we'll do uh, another episode uh, regaling everyone with, with your stories of doing that so we can all live vicariously through you. But now can um, we I know we don't like to locate these episodes in time, but given <laughs> that this is coming out on Monday. <laughs> Well, I mean, what will Monday be in the in the uh, well the NLCS? it'll be yeah the NLCS will have started. So yeah. all right, fine. We will timestamp this. Sorry, future listeners, but no, uh, because there's something historic happened the other night. It was ahead. historic. Go no, ahead. I mean, and I don't mean again. It's not about. Bragging. I was trying to wrap up the show because you got no. you got places to be. No, but go ahead. No. <laughs> so for the first time in 30 years, yes. a team came back in the ninth inning from a three-run or greater deficit to win the game. Except in that game 30 years ago, it took extra innings to do it. You guys did it all in one half inning. Yeah. I, and so, so we're talking about, of course, the clinching game. Uh, it was game four of the NLDS, the yeah. San Francisco Giants versus the Chicago Cubs. It was five to two in the top of the or bottom of the ninth inning, top of the ninth, top inning. Of the ninth inning. And I'm going to now, because I was going to even bring this up, but can you I can, get a little bit of credit, please? Can well, I get some credit? Give me some credit. I don't believe please. in these things. Oh, this is okay. I don't oh, I'm going to throttle you. Let's set the stage here. You, myself, Justin Sargent, uh, one of our friends, sitting in a bar. Who's also a big Cubs fan. Big Cubs fan, sitting in a bar. We've watched this entire game together. You two gentlemen are all, I mean, look, you're sulking, but oh, whatever, it's game four. It's going to be fun. No, blah, 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 but blah, I wasn't blah, blah, like blah. In, in despair. No. I wasn't in despair. No, 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 no. But whatever, it was just, it was all this, you know, whatever, we lost this game. And I keep on saying a couple things. One, Giants bullpen, please take it from the Detroit bullpen messiah here, who's, who's seen bullpen implosions time after time after time. Please just have faith in your boys that as long as, I said, as long as you were within five runs, you will win this game. And end of the eighth inning, I believe, you had to go to the bathroom. No, it was the, it was the top of the eighth, and you were like, oh, i got to pee really badly, but I don't want to go. I don't miss anything. So at the, at, the, uh, at the end of the inning, you went to the bathroom. And I said, let's go, boys. You know, you guys will get him back in the next inning here. And you, on, from the way to the bathroom, even though you had to go so badly, 
made your way all the way back just to point to my face and say, it's not going to happen. Oh, come on, boys. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I said, I, it will happen. I'm telling you, you're going to win this game. You're just been all night long, just by, for other background, you're like, keeping it pause. I'm keeping it pause. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. No, but this is also me having baseball insight and knowing what you people, your ridiculous Cubs players are capable of and yeah. what that just garbage fire of, of a bullpen that the Giants have. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So oh. it was it was really You're welcome is what I'm saying. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> so it was it was an amazing thing to witness. But I was so ex- I'd had such a really crazy long day. I'd had a performance that night. So it was like my I had like all, no adrenaline left in yeah. my body to like really jump up and down like a you were crazy dancing, person. Man. You were, I was, you were but I was like bouncing, literally dancing. dancing. I was bouncing but like 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 barely for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, so you were definitely it was this very surreal experience <laughs> to have this monumental. I, I actually got to enjoy it even more like the next day as I was watching the clips and of everything. Course, right. Once your mind is a little um, bit clearer and once you can. But, and then, and, and then just reading about the historic nature of it. The, I mean, one of the other things that I didn't even realize that the Cubs have never won a playoff series West of St. Louis. <laughs> Well, I feel like, look, to be fair. But that's not, I mean, that's an I know, interesting but factoid. I, I know, but I feel like we're going to have a lot of those interesting sure. factoids because the Cubs haven't won a lot of playoff series Exactly, in their and that's existence. part of it, too. So, so there's going to be a lot of And they of also, those. like, but but including the the uh, NLCS against the Padres years ago where they were up two games to none. Mm-hmm. And so well, you're against a, a manager in Bruce Bochy who was yeah. 10 and 0 in elimination games. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's the giant. This is what the giants do. Like yeah, there are all they these, there back. are all of these no. like boulders rolling down the hill of all of the history and all of the things. And, and to, to come out the other side of it and see how much that, all of those, you know, superstitions and jinxes and curses and right. weight of history was just sort of obliterated. Well, I just, you know, and you then know. the game before where where you see, you know, Arietta hitting a three-run home run off a mad bum and then them being able to come back and beat you, where it's like, oh, oh no, is this really going to happen? Like, Justin Sargent, multiple times in the night, was just like, I... Yeah. If they lose this series, like I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like how, how do you lose this series? I don't know. Like I'm, it's. But he it. was more. He, you have to admit, he was way more sort of like itching and down than I was. One hundred percent, yes. Yeah, I will yeah, give you that. Between yeah. the two of you, yes. But between the three of us, I had faith, yeah, yeah. and you did not. Yeah. And so I want credit. So you know, who knows what will happen from here on in? But just like yeah. these, these breakthroughs to witness these breakthroughs has been really. Really, I mean, as we record this, like I said, since we are tam- time stamping this, I mean, tonight is going to be the uh Doyer uh Nationals game five, so we still don't know who your opponent is going to be. I mean, do you have a prefer uh, a preference? I really don't. I mean, on a personal level, our 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 former guest and friend Mackenzie Aston is a big Dodgers fan, that and so you know, he said to me the other day, I hope it's us, you know, against each other. I said that would be great because he's also the kind of friend that, yeah, that we can. We just have a great, you know, in the series during the season, we were talked through the games and it's really friendly and it's really supportive. We both love baseball so much and there's no, there's no nonsense and drama, you know, about that. So it'd be really, it'd be exciting and uh, to, to, to be able to share that with him as a friend. Um, But, you know, in terms of which matchup is better, I don't know. I mean, are we going to be in LA for any of the NLCS? uh, Yeah. No. No, no, I don't even know. Be over by then. I don't even know. I was like, that would be interesting if, yeah. yeah. But all right, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, That's off-air conversation. Um, So, all right, is there is there anything else you'd like to say? Because you've got to go. I've been trying to wrap this up for your sake. No, I mean, just yeah, it's been it's been remarkable couple of years of incredible baseball experiences, and it all culminated for you personally, at least, with being able to meet Joe. I mean, obviously, we've got a lot more great Cub moments for you to experience in your future, but. You know, that was that was a pretty, pretty cool. And I'm going to try to once again, um, if, if super producer Zach McNeese can work his magic, I will try to attach um, his version of the anthem to this episode. If not, as always, just go over to clubhousepodcast.com. And actually, I don't know if I can even upload it online. I'm so just technologically an idiot. So we'll figure out a way to get videos and maybe it might be as good as just, I'll tweet the thing out there. And so rounding third MJ, we're at Albino Kid, we're at Clubhouse Pod, and, and you'll you'll be able to see footage of, of young Anthony Rapp 
Not, wowing, so, not so young. Not so young. <laughs> trying to be nice. Wowing tens of thousands of Chicago Cubs fans with his melodious tunes. So thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Rap. Thank you, Mr. John. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time here in the clubhouse. All right, Mr. Rap. You are here. You're about to throw out the first pitch. What is going through that skull of yours? I just don't want to sail wide. I just want to try to hit my target. Yeah? Yes. And after that, you're going to be singing the anthem. I'm singing the anthem. I feel much more comfortable about that. Yeah? Yeah. Well, so I say that, but I haven't shown everybody where we're actually sitting. Yeah. What stadium Field. is this? Wrigley Field. <laughs> Wrigley Field. I'm wearing a Cubs jersey. You got a Cubs jersey. Turn it around, baby. Oh, number seven, Anthony Rapp. Three number off, three off, but that's all right. Well, it's number seven, but you know, I'll take it. Absolutely. I'll take it. You're going to do great. Hold on, say that again. Somebody would swing and miss at that if it bounces in front of the toll plate sometime. It was an 0-2 toss into the dirt. Yeah. I love it. You did great. What did he say to you? He said, don't let him boo you. Like, let them try. (laughs) Nice. I'm very proud of you. This is a for the clubhouse podcast is the Bergino baseball clubhouse located at 67 east 11th street in new york city seriously folks this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country from the baseball inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans they're just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store this place is the best if you can't make it into Bergino's in person please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.